Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, entertain. Hello, everybody. I have a disclaimer. Any information discussed in this interview may not be the views of the station or host. Please discuss any information or advice with your primary care physician. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. Folks, you're always going to want to listen to my shows. If I have to toot my own horn, you're going to want to listen to my guest today. I love doing what I do because I get to meet phenomenal people such as my guest today. My guest today is Anne Papayoti, who is author of The Gift of Shift, that's Shift, folks, S-H-I-F-T, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. Also, the book was also written with Tracy McDonald. Anne is an international life, leadership, and relationship coach a member of the Association of Integrative Psychology and is international coach, federation accredited professional certified coach. Her book got five-star reviews on Amazon. And who doesn't need to know about the gift of shift in these times? I know I do. And I want to welcome my guest, Ann Papayoki. Welcome, Ann. Thank you, Betsy. I really am delighted to be with you today. I have so been looking forward to our time to chat together. I have too. And you have been through so much, Anne, of so many tragic events in your life, and yet you wrote a book, and you made it to the other side, and you're helping people. And I just have to say right off, I really love and admire people like like you who went through something and decide to help other people after they've gone through it. And I just want to um, commend you for that. I think that's really awesome to put yourself out there and uh, help others while dealing with your own pain. And I always ask my authors, what motivated you to write your book? Thank you for asking that, Betsy. You know, ultimately, I knew since I was 17 I was going to write a book. I just always thought it was going to be a novel. But life kind of took me down a different path, and I found myself called to do something different. And it's like I've always been asked to write. So even at university, I was 
first majoring in business and finance, and an English teacher pulled me aside and he said, you're a writer. You know, have you looked at the School of Journalism? And ultimately, I ended up switching my major. And, and I found in doing that also the power of the question and helping people reveal their stories. And I loved feature writing for that purpose. But again, I didn't follow that, that um, career path. I ended up working for an airline and thinking I'd see the world first before I got a real job and then ended up recognizing I could stay with this airline career and do so much. And, and I started as flight attendant and moved my way up doing different things and moving in training and facilitation and writing training. So writing was always a part of my life, and it was a calling, still having that pull that one day I'd write a book. But as my life took these turns and detours and had these roadblocks and these emotional traumas, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I found myself um, being called to not just learn the lessons for myself, but to help others through them. So what happened, Betsy, is I first went as a participant to a support group when I went through divorce, and through that I was asked to start leading that support group. And as I did that, people asked for one-on-one time, and I didn't feel prepared for that or qualified for that, which ultimately led me to becoming a coach so that I could serve people in the way they were asking me to serve. And then they were saying, could you put that in writing? <laughs> I, I, I really, I need, I need to go back and reread what I've learned in this group. And I kind of kept saying, yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. And ultimately, after I did become a coach, when life opened up in that way, because I pushed that aside for a long time as well, I didn't know what that was. I realized later that I was actually doing that before I truly became certified to do it. Um, I had to find a way to take this meeting people for coffee and for lunch and having them at my house and my cat ended up in their lap and next thing I know they're staying for dinner, but I realized I was being called to help people in this way. But once I did go through coach training, I met Tracy McDonald, the co-author of The Gift of Shift, and we were just drawn to one another like magnets, and we recognized that we were so fascinated by the power of perspective and the ability to change how we experience life despite the circumstances. And we began co-creating workshops together and this content that we would deliver live. But then I moved. We were both living in Canada. We met in Miami because, hey, we had to escape the weather. <laughs> we both ended up in <laughs> But we were in, in Canada. I was in Quebec. She in New Brunswick. And we'd travel back and forth each other's provinces and deliver this content live. And when I moved to Texas in 2019, I kept – um, kind of pushing her, you know, we should write a book. And I said it before that, but now I'm like, now we really should write a book because it's not going to be so easy to do this live. So we already had a workshop titled The Gift of Shift, and um, it just seemed to be the natural place to go. We loved the title. It says so much in so few words. And Tracy kept saying no, but one day she <laughs> she had a little moment, a little download from the universe, she likes to call it, and she said yes. 
and we began writing this book. And truly, the point of this book was not because I'd always been called to write a book, but it truly was about how can we serve people with our message in a greater way than we can one at a time or in these groups together in a way now. And we had no idea that two months after we began writing the book that a pandemic would hit the world and that this book would become such a great way to serve people in the way that they needed it. That is awesome. You know what amazes me? And, and even with my own life and uh, your life, we take the tragic events and we've turned our, uh, I know I did, I turned my anger into a passion. And you could turn your pain into a passion to help people. And this, I feel that this is what, uh, you're doing you're helping people to know what that the gift of shift is i gotta be careful how i pronounce that so people don't yes. think i'm saying something else <laughs> Absolutely. and uh just with my new jersey accent um that's s-h-i-f-t people um yes you know like like how do you do that and how does someone take what they are given in life and shift it to serve them and to serve others. Yeah. So a couple of things. And first of all, I'm glad that you clarify that word and put the S in there. Those people <laughs> tell me there's a gift in the other as well as we age. And I would not indicate <laughs> that as well. But yes, how, so how do we take that and shift it? And the first thing I would say is that you first have to honor and acknowledge that pain. You have to honor and acknowledge that anger. Whatever that negative emotion is in that experience, we have to be with it. We have to honor it. We have to grieve whatever it is. And I think that that's what a lot of people miss or they try to skip that step. They think they have to yeah. go ahead and automatically shift. I'm not supposed to be angry. I'm not supposed to grieve. Someone else has it worse than I do or you know, everybody's looking at me to hold it together, whatever it is. We have to pause. And in the chapter titled The Gift of Fluency, I tell the story of how my dad taught me how to swim in a lake back in my hometown in Alabama. But before he would teach me how to swim, he insisted I learn how to float. And I had no idea how important that lesson would become to not only my life, but my life's work. We have to learn how to float, Betsy. And this is what people miss. They start swimming and they just keep swimming and they just keep going and they go until they're exhausted and then they sink. They sink in the overwhelm of whatever they're experiencing and they get pulled under and they get stuck in that murky, muddy bottom of the lake that I hated touching. But here's the thing, when yes. we float, yeah, when we'll stop and float and experience what we're experiencing, we can reconnect to our breath. You know how, you know, when you're floating, you're on your back, your, your ears are underwater, you can literally hear your breath and your heartbeat. And you get a whole new perspective because you see the entire sky up above you and you really reconnect 
and you rejuvenate. And then you can choose which direction you need to swim next with a newfound energy and purpose. And I think this is when we can choose how to shift. And we can say, okay, how can I either accept what's going on and, and, and now swim with peace with what I need to do next? Or how can I convert what's going on into a gift or an opportunity? And sometimes, and I work with people that are dealing with death as well, often divorce, relationship conflicts, whatever it may be, diagnoses, so how can I possibly convert this into a gift or opportunity? And something like what you did, Betsy, it became advocacy, right? You now help others. You educate. You turned your anger into your passion for awareness and advocacy. So the shift happens when we can see options. And we can't see options when we're underwater, when we're in the darkness and the murkiness of it. So we have to first acknowledge where we're at, understand why we're there. And this is what I tell people. Look, emotions are messengers. They're like visitors. (laughs) So (laughs) what do you do with a visitor? You welcome a visitor. You acknowledge the visitor. You may ask, why are you here? So ask it questions. You know, why am I so angry about this? And then get your answers. Because I'm, you're taking away what was supposed to have been. I, I, I was supposed to have had, you know, till the end of my life with this person in this other state of mind where we could do this and do that together. So that's why I'm angry. Because I'm losing something that I was supposed to have had. Okay. So anger, I get it. I get why you're here with me. So, you know, I want your audience, Betsy, to understand. Visit with that emotion. Acknowledge. Ask it quite. It's like have a beer or a coffee, a glass of wine with that emotion. Visit with it, but then usher it away. Say thank you, goodbye, because you're not Hotel California. It was never meant (laughs) to check in and never leave. And if we're anybody's old enough to get that reference from the Eagles, that's it. Not (laughs) just to check in and never leave. So be with your anger, be with your sadness, be with your pain. It's there for a reason. Understand why. Then you know what to grieve. Then you can grieve it in your own time. And all I want people to understand about grief is that, yes, time is a healer, but you have to cooperate with time. So you can't keep ruminating, getting stuck. And that's where we get stuck. So cooperate with, with time to allow your healing. And then you can shift forward. So how can I find acceptance and be at peace or, con- and, or and or convert this into a gift or opportunity for more? That's when we can become passionate. And I know for me, um, Betsy, I had to convert because it's all energy. I had to convert it and had to do something that allowed me to honor the loved one when, when there was someone else involved or help other people through the lessons I learned from the experience because that's what kept the negativity from harboring itself and anchoring me and tethering me down into the, the bottom of the lake. And I disliked the bottom of the lake more than I feared the, the struggle of learning how to, to swim further and longer and, 
and getting to something new and different. You are phenomenal. I'm here in New Jersey. It's hot, but I got goosebumps because of what you just said that I could so, um, you know, connect with because it's so true. And I can, you know, testify to that. People, they, they do. They go, they're just swimming away from their feelings. They stuff down their feelings. And when we, I know I was taught, you know, I grew up in the 60s. Uh, you don't talk about my mother didn't show my father, I mean, other than anger, but, you know, you didn't talk about how you felt because nobody really cared at that time. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to um, sit with your pain. You have to sit with it and deal with it to move forward. And I hear, I'm a, I know a lot of support groups, and I do have a support group of my own, and people think, and I should be over my grief by now. I, I should be over this. No, you don't get over losing someone. You don't ever get over that. You get through it. And that it's okay to, you're going to still love and miss your loved one. And I will always love and miss my husband till the day I die. And you can honor their life. And this is what people, I think they missed the boat, And You know, oh, I can't talk about my, my loved one. Yes, you can. You don't need anyone's permission. Um, I do. I'll tell you what. I have a birthday cake for Matt. My husband's name is Matt. Uh, We get a birthday cake. We we sing him happy birthday. And we honor his life. He was here. Um, You know, people think, oh, yeah, I, I can't talk about them anymore. Or, you know, sometimes I think in caregiving, groups it's a contest of who has the worst there's no contest mm-hmm. folks uh, mm-hmm. you know it it's no contest and we have to deal with our feelings of of exactly what what you said you were so full of golden nuggets i just want to hug you through the airways <laughs> <laughs> oh well hug, hugs right back and yeah i love that you honor matt's birthday in that way it is such a beautiful thing when we can move from grief to gratitude that we had them in our lives. What a beautiful way to, to show true love, right? That is true love. I have people call these um, dates on the calendar because the dates on the calendar, the, the anniversaries are like punctuation marks on our memories, right? So it can either be a punctuation mark of misery, of suffering, or it can be and, and sometimes, you know, it, it, there will be a little cry. I lost my, my firstborn son passed away in infancy. And Go, I'm sorry. on his birth, thank you, on his birthday every year, I'm excited because that was a happy day for me. So May 26th every year, I'm excited, and I go and I buy something for someone else who's living because I – I can't buy it for him, but I honor him by doing something for someone else. And it brings me so much joy. I could just go lock myself in a room and cry that I don't have my son to, to shop for, but I do something different. That's choice. And I find that so many of us give away our power of choice. It's like we forget we have it. We forget we have the power of choice and what we eat, what we put in our mouths, what we believe. 
in what we do. But I choose that every year because it honors him. It makes me feel amazing. And I have my little private conversation. Look what we did today for your birthday. This is what I did. And it's just amazing. I have some people call these angel bursaries. And that's a belief to adopt if you choose to. And, hey, I, I don't know about your listeners, Betsy, but for me, I choose to believe what empowers me, what yes. gives me light, not what keeps me in darkness. And this is when you shift. And that's the gift in the shift is you feel empowered in how you think and feel. And therefore, your choices reflect that power and that light. So shifting is a choice, but we, I find that it happens when we're ready to feel different, when we're ready, and then the opportunities sort of cross paths at the same time. And that's why nobody's journey is the same. It's not a, you know, a, a, a time competition either. I should by now. I should by now. No. Stop that. But what, what you can be doing is being open and preparing yourself and, and choosing that, that, that what, you, what you want. You've got to know what you want, which is to feel different, so that as you're preparing to be ready, when that opportunity comes, it's just a decision and it's in a moment, and it'll happen, and you'll just find that you feel freedom and relief and joy and all of this passion all of a sudden for honoring them rather than grieving them. And it truly comes from that switch in a moment from grief to gratitude that you had them in the first place. Yes, that, that is beautiful. I encourage people and to do the same, you know, honor your loved one by doing something for someone else. And that, mm-hmm. you know, it's even okay to have mixed feelings. You know, I get feel happy and, and sad at the same time. And, you know, I, I used to feel, you know, I, I feel sad. I don't want to feel sad. And the more I said I don't want to feel sad, the more sad I felt until I just honored my sadness, welcomed it, and acknowledged it. And then I didn't mm-hmm. feel sad, which might sound a little yeah. cuckoo to some people, but when you run from your feelings, it's going to come back and bite you in your rear end. It's it, going to come absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like um, the way I think of it, Betsy, it's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. If you try to push your um, emotion, you know, hold it in and, and keep the mask on and the keep swimming thing, you know, and just keep going because you think you're supposed to. You have to hold it together for other people. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. high demanding expectations of yourself. But, and so it's like if you hold a beach ball underwater, obviously I use water a lot. It's things done, a metaphor. If you hold a beach ball underwater for a long time, your arms get exhausted, right? And then all of a sudden that beach ball is going to pop up unexpectedly, and God knows where it's going to land or whom it's going to hit. That's what happens when we try to deny our emotions and hold them in they're going to pop up somehow, somewhere, and at the wrong time, usually, <laughs> wrong place, yes. and wrong people. So yes, um, and yes, better. Yeah, yeah. So feel so, it. So true. What you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I had a point midway through Matt's um, Alzheimer's journey. I was thought I had to be the superwoman, and you know, I was working, caregiving. And I thought I had to be the super person, and I had no right to complain. 
and I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I was working in a preschool and snapping at these kids, snapping at my husband, snapping at my son, because I didn't know how to process, at that time, process my emotions. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew you back then. And uh, (laughs) there were... I wish I knew about, you know, well, it wasn't back six or seven years ago, but I wish there were books. I wish it was people Mm -hmm. like you talking about this. I went for counseling. I highly suggest people go for counseling. Mm -hmm. And it helped me. It helped me sift through, um, you know, my feelings. And it made a big difference because if people work so better, you seem so much better. Yeah, because you know what? When you have that expectation of yourself, and then when people tell you, and I do not like when people say this, and I don't like when people say to others, be strong, be strong. Why? Why do we have to be strong 24-7? We're human beings. We're not robots. And we have feelings. We have emotions. We need to accept our emotions and our feelings and I just, mm-hmm. I, I get to point, I might even sound redundant, but you know what? I'm so passionate about what you said and about your book and the work that you do because it's so important. You know, we all have the ability to have the gift of shift, S-H-I-F-T, to shift our emotions, our feelings, and be in a better place. It is yeah, a choice. Absolutely. It, it is. And when, when you were talking about uh, the support group earlier, one thing that I found in dealing with support groups myself through the years, and I still lead some light, well, they're on Zoom now, and then I, and then I take them into private uh, Facebook support after I lead a, a live group because it's, the ones I do mostly are for separation and divorce. And so, to prevent the other spouse from being part of it, all of that ends up being private. Um, but one thing that I find, and like you were saying, some people get so comfortable with their identity of loss that it's like a scratchy wool blanket, but it's their blanket and don't take it away. And so they get stuck in this sort of identity of victimhood or even conflict thinking or being angry at the loss that processing and shifting from that into something that would truly improve their lives is almost foreign. And it, 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 it takes sometimes a, a, a lot different journey. So everybody's on a different journey to get there. But when it finally clicks, that it really is a mindset shift and a decision, yes. which is that choice. To, to feel different that they're and that and that typically goes back I find for people to feel they deserve it and they're worthy of it and people have to make that find that and that's the work sometimes people need to do in counseling and or coaching is to come back and understand that they are valuable alone as they are and they are worthy of this life beyond this experience. And um, this, that you're talking about this superwoman and these expectations, that's a belief system. And that's a belief system that can be changed. But I had somebody tell me belief systems are just BS. 
Yes. <laughs> and it's all yes. programmed in us from, you know, since childhood from different things and different people, cultures, parents, all these, our education. So we have to go back and it's like filter through and really come back. And that's, again, where counseling and coaching can help us with our belief system so that we can learn the greatest lesson of all that I find that's the basic lesson in almost everything is the lesson of letting go. And what do we need to let go of to make room for what we really need to hold on to? And the book, the way the book is laid out, um, Tracy and I wrote, it's a collection of short stories, six from Tracy, six from me, of these life experiences. And the idea of the short story is we had so many clients tell us that they gravitate to these self-help books, but then they would find them overwhelming, um, that they'd start them and stop them, that they would never quite finish them, and they wouldn't understand how to apply them to their lives. So I think there's this whole movement and, you know, of the power of personal story. I mean, look at Me Too, you know, <laughs> Me Too movement. Somebody shared their story. Somebody raised their hand and said, Me Too, that's my story, that's my story. And I find that even in support groups, and this may be true in your support group, when somebody shares their truth, somebody else may hear their truth or recognize their truth in that story. And maybe they had not acknowledged that for themselves until they heard someone else um, share. And so true. So what Tracy and I did, right, we shared personal stories and to show how we went from maybe powerless sort of negative ways of thinking, therefore feeling, therefore how we were showing up in a certain circumstance, and then how we shifted into a more powerful way of thinking, feeling, and being. And these are all common things in life. We've all been betrayed at some point in life by someone or something. We've all had to hold on to hope. We've all had to find courage. We've all had to deal with that inner critical voice. We've all had to choose to say I do to ourselves over someone else at some point or get stuck in frustration and anger over in a relationship. So, and we've all had to choose forgiveness or not, you know, get stuck in a state of unforgiveness, harboring that in our lives. So these common themes of life, and then after each short story, there are five coaching questions for the reader to then float, if you will, to reflect on how this theme has played out in their life. And the goal is for them to say, you know what? Yeah, I've been through that. And this is what it is about me that got me through that. And how can I use that to help me through what I'm going through now? What strength was it? What character trait? Or as they reflect through these questions, they'll recognize, you know what, I am still stuck in this story. <laughs> and it's not serving <laughs> me, it's holding me back. And then they can use those questions to help start releasing, untangling from that story. And then there's a space to rewrite their story in a more powerful way if they choose to. Oh, I, I love that. And yes, uh, people need to know, men and women, I want men to know, this is for you too. You know, yeah. men can also learn how to, to shift. Um, it's, mm -hmm. a, you know, um, it's so for all genders, non-genders, whatever you are, <clears throat> it could all benefit. I love that you said it was a mindset earlier. 
And because this is what I tell people in my support group, it's a mindset. You're going to get through this journey, and you're going to make it through the other side. And, you know, I was determined when I got to a certain a low point, I was determined I can't let this disease defeat me. I can't let it destroy me. I'm going to kick its butt. And how do I kick its butt? I'm going to do, I'm going to warn people about this disease. I'm going to live life. I'm going to take Matt out as much as I can, and we're going to enjoy life. And it is a, a determined mindset, you know, to turn your circumstances uh, around as you can or just a different attitude. I think the attitude plays a big part of um, and maybe attitude. Is attitude and mindset the same thing? I find it is. It's a big part. Attitude for me is, um, again, choice. It's part of belief, right? I can choose. And, I, and, and, and I'll say this, Betsy, sometimes I have to get up and choose again every day, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I got to get up and choose it again today. And that's why surrounding ourselves with things that help us maintain that attitude. I saw one of your pictures where your son, I believe, was wearing a T-shirt with, you know, it was out there, I do this, and I help, you know, do that. And, and I'm like, yes, we got to have these mantras around us and remind us of our motivation. So our why is, our, our motivation is our why we do anything. So you got to stay connected to your motivation or it's easy to just sink back down because sometimes we think, well, why does it matter? And so for you, Betsy, doing this, this radio show and you staying connected to your motivation because Matt mattered and because his disease is not going to go, uh, go without people learning from his experience because that makes every day he suffered meaningful. If one person today listens and they get something that they can take forward and they share it with one more person, and it's that whole ripple effect. And every time you do this show, it just is like sending a postcard to Matt in heaven, right? <laughs> it's like, hey. Yes. <laughs> just yes, you thank you. Yeah. It's like, and so it's keeping our motivation in front of us and that attitude, sure, you know, we, we have sucky days. We all do. But and and our attitude can easily get pulled down into why bother, why try? But we gotta get up and choose again. And we and that yes. you know, things are cliche because there's truth in them. So your attitude determines your altitude. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. So, oh, I like that. Your yeah. attitude. I'm going to write this down. Your attitude. Yeah, write that one down. Affects Determines your, your altitude. 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 Altitude, like how high you can go. Oh, so how oh, our potential. That. Yeah. Our attitude oh, I determines like our altitude, our potential. So, you know, we can, we can, and that's a choice. But it starts with awareness. So nothing can change without first having awareness. So So we're aware that we are thinking a certain way and, you know, our thoughts are going to create how we feel. 
And then our feelings end up sort of driving our actions, so to speak, unless we intercept them first. So that's why we want to sit with our feelings before we act on them. Because <laughs> usually if we act on negative feelings, it's not something that's going to give us the outcome that benefits us. So now I will say this, anger can be fuel to get, it, get something done. I mean, a lot of things happen from a place of conflict. It's not always productive, but I can tell you this, when I'm mad at my husband, I get a lot of laundry done. <laughs> I go in there and I fold it and I shake it and I crease it like it's his face. But I, you know, so then, and then once I've gotten that energy out in that productive way, and it's exhausting because you're, oh, 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 oh. but as soon as I've gotten that energy out in that way, then I'm ready to go back and sit down with him and have a discussion from a place, a responsibility for me and maybe compassion towards him or towards our relationship, and then I can get a result that I really want. But in that moment, if I'd acted out <laughs> towards him, you know, his face might have gotten folded. So, you know, it's <laughs> so anger, anger yes. can fuel, can fuel uh, something, but in, most of the time we don't get what we want when we act there. So we want to we intercept the action and be with the emotion before we go there. Now, if we're in the victim kind of mental state, usually nothing's happening. It's kind of apathy and lethargy, though we might, we might get something done, but it's with no joy, no happiness, no no productivity, let's say somebody's in a business meeting. They're going to sit there and maybe they have an idea to make something better, but they're not going to raise their hand and make a suggestion. Okay. Um, they feel perhaps invisible or unworthy or they fear they might um, be ridiculed or they don't want the attention. So, victim and conflict energy just tend to hold us back and keep us down. So if we can just move up just a little bit and take responsibility for ourselves and say, I'm just going to let go of anything and anyone and any thought that's going to pull me back down into that place of victim or conflict, then I can show up in a cooperative way to create a win for myself and whatever that looks like today. And that's just having an attitude of, I'm just going to choose. I'm just going to choose to do one thing today that allows me happiness or joy, whatever it is. We don't have to do a lot. Shift doesn't have to be huge. That's what I tell people. It doesn't have to be huge to arrive somewhere else. Again, I worked for an airline for a long time. And let's say, you know, flight plans, flight plans are done in degrees. If your flight path is to go from New Jersey to Miami and it's off just by two degrees, you might, yeah, maybe you'll end up in uh, the Bahamas. It's not a bad place, right? But my point is you okay. have to shift a little bit and you end up somewhere very different. So I'm not asking anybody when I say shift your perspective to change how you experience life. You don't have to do some huge, 
know, Mother Teresa level style of forgiveness or something to change your life. You just have to let go, perhaps, of whatever is toxic for you. And that's a choice. I'm not going to let something pull me back under in the darkness of that lake and get my feet stuck in the muck and murky bottom. I'm going to keep my head above water today. That I'm going to do. Just keep my head above water. And you know what? I'm going to refuse to be pulled back down. That's a determination. And then you know what I'm going to do next? You know, I did that for a few days, and that wasn't so bad. I like feeling the sun on my face. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to swim to that first buoy. And you know what? That felt good. I'm going to get that buoy. I'm going to hold on to that for a little bit. I'm going to reflect some more. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to float for a little bit, and I'm going to allow myself to reconnect. And now, because I'm doing that, I can see even more options. And you know what? There's a canoe over here. That looks like a really good option. I'm going to swim over there tomorrow, and I'm going to get in the canoe. And then once I'm in that canoe, you know what? Now I've got even more options. I'm going to paddle over to that shore, and then I see even more options for me to start moving through and forward. That's that through. And when we say you'll get through it and not over it, that's what we mean. It's a journey. You've got to keep clearing your path forward. And it's a path, and yeah, there's stumbling blocks, and yeah, a bear may jump out, and there may be, there are different things <laughs> that you're going to encounter along the way. Nobody said it's smooth, but there's a country song that I think it's um, Tim, what's his name? Where's the big black hat? Anyway, um, he says something about if you're going through hell, keep on going, don't look oh, back. Oh yes, yes, yeah, Tim. Yes, I, I like that song. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look back. You may get out before the devil even knows you're there. So it's just, you gotta go through it to get to that yes. other side. And that's why people like you and me, who've been through something ahead of someone, who's coming behind us, dealing with caretaking, dealing with a loved one with Alzheimer's, dealing with the loss of a child, dealing with divorce or a an abusive marriage. And I've got a whole laundry list, people. <laughs> Some yeah. of them are in the book. Yes. But, if you, but when there's someone who's been on the path ahead of you, we can turn around and we're shining a flashlight on your path to try to make it easier for you. You have to be willing. That's all. Just willing to follow. Yes. How true. Oh, and I love talking to you. You are... Oh. Phenomenal. Uh, I just love, uh, first time I ever talked to Anne, and I love her, okay? <laughs> just love what you <laughs> had to say. I never mutual. talked to Anne before. <laughs> and uh, um, where can people go, and to buy your book and to take your courses, your coaching? Uh, well, you can, uh, the book, The Gift of Shift, is available from all major online booksellers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or if you want to support your local bookstore, they can order it from their Ingram Spark catalog, and Tracy and I greatly appreciate it. We'd love for you to leave us a review if it, you believe it could help you or help somebody else. And then you can go to my website, skyviewcoaching.com, and check out my coaching services and courses and, and all of that nature. And I'd love people just reach out and connect with me through email as well or on social media. I've got Skyview Coaching on Facebook, and then you can find me as Ann Papiotti on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and all those lovely places. And 
And Betsy, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, you're welcome. It is my pleasure to have like-minded people on uh, my show who have a passion. I love people who have a passion to help others and to tell people how to enjoy life and, and live life uh, with, you know, I say warts and all. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's, um, people think, oh, I'm too old to change. No, you're not. I yeah. stepped into my power at the age of 60. I'm 64. I'm proud that I'm 64. God let me live this long and hopefully <laughs> a much longer time. And you know what? I have to say that meeting so many phenomenal guests on my show this year, this year has been like inner healing from so many guests, mm. and you're one of them, um, that I, I'm the best now. I feel the best now that I have ever felt in my life. So it's not too late to change, folks. It's not too Never. late uh, <laughs> Never, to improve, ever, ever. you know, your, your mindset. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a daily work in progress, right? It, it, we're all like work in progress. I love that. Yes. You know, when we, when we never <clears throat> stop growing, you know, never stop growing and learning. That's one of my greatest joys in life. And, and I, I, I collect pearls of wisdom from everyone I meet. And, and now I've collected pearls from you, Betsy, and I appreciate it again so much. And I uh, love what you're doing for your audience. It's truly amazing work. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate it. Love having you on. Folks, I would definitely go and order this book and Papayoti with Tracy McDonald, author of The Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. And I also, we'll go on to the website. The information will be in the blog, so please read the blog. Jeannie White, who is station manager, writes the blog. Thank you, Jeannie, produces the show. So if you want to get in contact with Anne, please read the blog because the information will be in there. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, who's CEO of Passion who makes this all possible. I want to thank you, the listeners. Please um, share the show to help other people. Appreciate you listening. Please subscribe. It's free. Uh, wherever you hear your favorite podcast, I'm on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple, just to name a few. Chatting with Betsy is about helping people. It is my mission and my vision to help as many people as possible. So please share the show because I have phenomenal guests, just like Anne that was on today, Aunt Papioti, and my guests are phenomenal. They have some something to offer to help you. I know they've helped me, and I feel if it helps me, it's going to help somebody else. And I just am blessed. I'm blessed to be a host of Passionate Talk, World, Passionate World Talk Radio, and I can't thank Lillian and Lillian Caldwell and Jeannie White enough. And I am very grateful to be doing what I'm doing, and I just want to thank everyone. As a matter of fact, this month, We'll make, uh, we'll mark the fourth uh, year that I met Jeannie. I started uh, on Jeannie White's show, her caregiver show, and uh, my own anniversary will be uh, three years uh, in September of chatting with Betsy. So I appreciate everyone listening and supporting 
the show. And um, I just can't thank Jeannie White enough. I say Jeannie White discovered me. <laughs> so they're stuck with me. And uh, Lillian Caldwell helped me get out of my comfort zone. So I can't thank can't thank them both enough. And folks, in a world where I, I always say this at the end, in a world where you could be anything, please be kind because the world needs it. Shine your light bright. And, um, Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. Until we talk again, chat again, this is Betsy Wurzel. Your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye-bye now. Are you looking for an internet talk radio station for your podcast? Look no further. At the helm of Passionate World Talk Radio are two women that want to provide a spot for you and your podcast to be heard. There are many other places for your podcast, but PWTR has the audience. You will not be disappointed. Our station has been on the internet for the past 16 years. Call us for more information. 484-364-1032 or text Jeannie White, station manager at T-H-E-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S-H-O-W at gmail.com for podcast show details. Thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You can listen to this program all over again by going over to https colon forward slash forward slash passionate world talk radio dot com. You can also hear it on Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon A-L-E-X-A, AMFM247.com every Tuesday evening between 8 and 9 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, and all the other podcast directories one can find on the internet.